Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, um, last week we started a series called The Unchurched Next Door, and we, we talked through some different statistics and, and through some different things, because the, the thing is, there's there's people all around us that they have no idea about God, about church, or, or, or how, how do you connect with God, how do you pray, how do you accept Christ into your life, and, and there's people with questions, and, and here we are all around them, the church, and there's churches on every corner, and sometimes three or four on the same corner, right, and there's so many of us around Yet there's so many people still that don't know. And, and, and we found out those statistics. There's so many people that are they're just right on the edge. They're searching for something. They're looking for something. They know they need something. But no one is leading them and telling them about the love of Jesus, right? And, and so this whole message, this whole series is a challenge for the church. Step up and start sharing your faith. Each of you has a story. God has done something amazing in each and every one of your lives. And it's all over the, across the board, different experiences, different levels. But God has done something in each and every one of your lives. And he wants to use you as his mouthpiece to reach out to other people. The, the, there's people uh, next door to you that are just waiting for you to come over and say, hey, why don't you get church with us? There's, there's, there's people in your job that, that are waiting for you to talk to them about your faith. They, they may hear you uh, speak up in conversation about, about things or, or you, hey, we got a church event and, and they're wondering why, why aren't, why aren't they inviting me? And, and so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at reasons why uh, the church is not reaching the unchurched in a message called No Excuses. Last week we talked about the Great Commission. The Great Commission is your commission. Jesus said to go out be your, uh, his witnesses to go out and make disciples and, and baptize people. The, the Great Commission is your commission. It's not just a, a pastor's job or a missionary's job or, or an evangelist's job. It's not just meant to happen in the four walls of the church or in a revival type service or at a conference. It can happen everywhere that you go. People are all around us and they're waiting. They're waiting for you to talk to them about Jesus. So let's stand up. Let's be the church. It's time to, to get moving and get going because there's a lost world around us. Amen. So, hey, if you got a Bible, uh, turn to the book of Luke. You're going to look at Luke 19. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. While, while you're turning there, um, last weekend we, we closed out the Strawberry Festival, right? Uh, many of us are like, yes, because, you know, if, you, if you've been around us, we have a booth uh, at the Strawberry Festival where we sell uh, strawberry shortcake. In fact, we're still selling at this whole time yesterday. It's going to be available today uh, from noon to 6. So if you'd still like to buy some or if you'd like to buy a bucket of berries, this is kind of the last chance to get that. Otherwise, it's going to go bad and we aren't going to be able to do anything with it. But, um, but we, we, we finished the Strawberry Festival. It was a great time. We're going to celebrate tonight the ending of that and, and, and getting, getting through that and just the success of it. And so we're going to do that tonight with the chili cook-off. Right next door in our fellowship hall at 5 o'clock, you're welcome to come. Sign up out there in the foyer there. There's a sign-up sheet if you're going to bring some up and show up. There's always those people that just show up and they're like, oh, great. And it's fantastic. Okay. You know, because we're Christians and we have to, you know. Anyway. Um, so come tonight. It's going to be fun. We're going to hang out. You know, we got some special guest judges that are going to be with us. And it's going to be good. So 
but anyway, the, the festival, uh, and then last week, and then last Saturday, we were thinking about this Mike and this little bit. Um, we, were, uh, we were there on Saturday morning, we had the baby parade, and we entered our daughter, Hansley, she's three years, three years old, and we entered into uh, to the contest there for best personality. They got like best personality, most beautiful, most handsome. They even have a float category, like best float. Like, seriously, Frank, why do we need all this? But anyway. Uh, so we put her in uh, for best personality, and uh, and she won first place. By the way, yeah. you know my daughter. You know she's got lots of lots of personality, lots of sass, and, and uh, probably more sass than personality. But anyway, um, so uh, when you when you go in, maybe they had to do that early with with her to line up and, and do all what they need to do. But but the family got to go out and sit out. And, and when they first let us in, they tell us to go up to the grandstands. You know those new grandstands that nobody wants to pay for now, right? Um, just a soapbox and all that. So, so we had to sit up in the grandstand. They're telling everybody to go up there. And, and we're sitting there just hanging out. And it's, you know, I'm thinking, how are we going to see these? It's way out in the stage. It's way out. And these little three-year-olds are walking. I'm like, how's going to work? So uh, slowly but surely, people start trickling down to the floor level where everybody's sitting. And I'm like, hold on, what's, what's going on? Like, so all of a sudden, they decide, well, maybe it's a good idea that we put everybody down on the floor so that everybody can see so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then there's this flood of people that are going down now. So you can see there's people that have been waiting two hours that are now not within the front row anymore. And there were some people getting upset. But anyway. Um, so we get down on full level. And I'm sitting down there. I'm like, this is not any better. Because, again, I'm just going to see no little pony girls walking through the, through the thing. Right? I'm like, this isn't going to be any better. So, so when my family got there, my, my sister, my dad, and my mom um, were like, hey, let's just go up in the, the stands. And, and we might be able to see it a little bit. Better. And, and sure enough, it was a lot better. We actually were able to sit on the tunnel and she walked out of her and talked to her way better and, and got to see her walk off. And, you know, it was just a much better position. In our spiritual lives and our spiritual walk, we have to position ourselves to see Jesus. And, there, and there's ways that we do that. Okay? Uh, we can do that through, through prayer. Prayer is an amazing way to position yourself to hear from God and to experience Him. Uh, through reading God's Word, reading the Bible, reading what it is that He wants you to do in your life and how, how to live out this life and, and live it out for Him and according to His plan and His will. That is an amazing way to experience Jesus. Faith. Living your life by faith. Trusting God. Trusting that, that uh, you know, he, He's got your back. Trusting that He's going he's gonna to answer your prayers. Trusting that He's going to show up and be there in, in your times of, of need. Living your life by faith is a way to see and position yourself to experience Jesus. Obedience. Obedience is a way to experience Jesus in your life. And so there's all these different ways that we can put ourselves in position uh, to see Jesus. Another way is an obligation. Every Christian, we have an obligation to reach out to other people. This isn't meant for us to come in, get all of our mess fixed up and straightened out and, and come in and have this little club here in the four walls of the church while there's a whole world out there lost and dying and going crazy. You know? uh, and, and no one's telling them about it. It's our obligation. God wants to use you to reach the world around you. But, you know, it's those little disciplines that become difficult every day. It's those little disciplines that right at first we get saved and it's like, whoa, this is awesome. Yes, Jesus, this Jesus thing is, is really cool. I used to think it was boring and I didn't really understand it, but, but now I'm in it and this feels awesome. So, man, I want to reach everybody. You guys remember that when you first got saved? You want, you want to tell everybody, hey, man, come to my church. Come, come be a part of this, man. Let's, let's, let's read. Let's have a Bible study. Let's, let's pray, man. This thing really works. But then over time, it's those disciplines that, that tend to... To lack and, and you get busy and it's like you don't, you don't pray as much as you used to. You don't, this, this little thing comes up in your life and it's like all of a sudden now you know, I'm not reading my Bible. Now it's not as exciting. 
Because we have to continue to grow. We have to continue to seek after, after Jesus. We have to continue this thing. It's not just a one and done thing like some people think. But it's, you have to continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. The, if we just stick to uh, just checking off the to-do list and just checking off the things, well, I'm going to church this week, check out. I, I got my, my little Devo, my, my, my phone reminded me of, of my, uh, my version Bible plan, and, and, and I read the little two verses, and then yeah, I'm done, right? And if that's the level you're on, that's, oh, that's good. That's a good starting place. But you know what I'm saying? If we're just checking off the to-do list, that's religion. It's got to be so much more than that. We should, we should get excited. I get to pray today. I, I get to live another life in this. I get to serve Jesus and serve other people. It, it, it should not be, I have to pray. I, I have to read my, I have to, I have to talk to people today. <laughs> it shouldn't be like that. And I think that's why so many of us get kind of comfortable and we get bored and, and, and we get out of sync and out of rhythm with what God uh, wants us to do. You, you guys remember Karate Kid, the movie, right? I was an 80s kid, so you, you, you're going to hear a lot about that over time. But, uh, and they're coming out with a sequel called Cobra Kai. It's about the, the, they open up the, the bad guy's dojo again, right? I don't know. I'm kind of excited about that. It's going to be cool. <laughs> or it might be really cheesy. I don't know. But I don't mind cheesy movies. So, uh, But anyway, if you, if you remember the first one. Danielson, right, goes up to Mr. Miyagi and, and, and is like, man, teach me. I'm getting beat up, I'm getting bullied. Um, you know, help me. I'm going teach me, teach me karate, right? And, and so, what does Mr. Miyagi do? You guys remember? Wax the car, right? Yeah, like six or seven cars out there. He's going to go wash it, right? Some of you are doing wax on, and wax off. Wax on, wax off. And he's like, all right, cool, whatever, right? And then next, what does he do? Paint the fence, right? Up, down. And, and so at this point, he was like, this is really dumb. Like, what if, I, I wanted to learn karate. I want to like judo chop somebody, right? I don't want to get beat up anymore. What if, I'm doing this guy's chores. And then next, it's what? Sand the floor. Sand the floor. And he gets frustrated because he's, he's like, I'm just doing all your chores. There's this moment where they butt heads. You're supposed to do this, and, and, and all I'm doing is your chores, blah, blah, blah. And then Mr. Miyagi's like, blah, 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 And he starts doing all the moves, right? He's like, oh, and then it hits him, right? It was those average, mundane, everyday disciplines that seemed tedious that were what he needed the most. And, and it's the same thing for us in, in our walk with the Lord. We, prayer might seem like something, wow, I've really got to fit that in my schedule. Or reading, I don't, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't really like to read, but I know I have to. And so I have to force myself to do that. But once I get into reading, it's like, okay, this is, this is why we do it, right? Because it's good. Uh, and so, but it's in tedious. And it's these things that, that we feel like are tedious, mundane things that we need the most in our life. And that we need the most to connect with God. And one of those things is reaching out to people. We get about our to-do list and we get about our, our days and, and our business. And we have tunnel vision. Like, I got to get the groceries done. I got to get the lettuce. I got to get the tomatoes. I got to go down there and get some milk. I mean, we get going through the storm. We have tunnel vision and we don't see that there's people all around us. Go to the gym. You're working out. You're focused. And you're looking in the mirror. It's like, yeah, it's working. And you're taking the gym selfie. And, and you're doing all these silly things, right? And, and you get tunnel vision. You get about your, you get in the flow. You get in the zone. And you get to work and you have your to-do list. You have your post-it notes. And you have, you have your expectations that your boss has for you. And you, you get in that phone and we just get tunnel vision. So many times. But one of those daily disciplines, those things that need to be a part of, of our everyday life is reaching out to other people. And that looks so many different ways. It's not always just you're a sinner and you need to go 
to church and get saved. It's not always like that. It's just a matter of sometimes just being kind to someone, showing the kindness of, of God and the love of God to, to people. Sometimes just sitting and listening to people. Sometimes it is praying for people and sharing your story. But it looks so many uh, different ways. Hey, if you got Luke, let's go there. 19. Verses 1 through 10. You guys remember the story of Zacchaeus? Anybody heard that before? There's a little, the little rhyme, right? Zacchaeus was a what? Wee little man. Bajo, right? Miss Ruby? That's right, okay. For all you Spanish people. He's a wee little man. And a wee little man was he, and he climbed up in a sycamore tree, right? We, we, we know that. But I want, I want to look at this real quick for us today. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Any short people in the room understand what we're talking about today? Short people problem, right? Too short, couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down along to welcome him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, you know, I give half of my possessions to the poor. I, I've cheated anybody out of anything. I, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. God, and I, I pray that your word uh, will penetrate the hearts of your people today. God, that we understand just how, how important it is that we reach out to others. That we not get just locked in into the same average everyday things. But God, make our relationship with you exciting again. If there's people here today that have lost that, that, that zeal for you, Father, I pray that you would restore the joy of your salvation today. Uh, I pray that, God, you would get us excited about this hope-giving, life-changing message that is found in you, Father, so that we can reach a dying, lost world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, here's the deal. There's many Zacchaeus in the world around us today. It's the people we're talking about. It's the unchurched people. It's the people that don't know. And and if you remember from our, our, our message last week, we talked about uh, different people groups that are unchurched. You have some that are just, they're, they're, they're atheists, they're, they're completely hostile toward uh, God or anything to do with church and God, and, and they don't want anything to do with it. And they're absolutely not going to respond to you, for the most part, if you try to talk to them about the gospel or try to invite them to church. Um, certainly nothing is impossible for God, but, but it's, 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 it's difficult with that particular group. Then, then there's the next group who are, who are still kind of like, no, nah, I'm good. They don't, they don't necessarily respond, but they're not hostile. Um, they'll, they'll entertain a conversation or, 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 or talk to you about things of, of faith and, and spirituality, um, but, but they're going to be a little less uh, likely to respond, but they're not hostile. And then there's this middle ground. There's the, but those that are in the middle, they're neutral. They're, not, they're like, okay, it's cool. I could respond or, or maybe not. They're just kind of like in the middle. And then you get to the top of the list, and there's, none, there's two and, and, and one, and they're the most likely to respond to you. They're the most likely that are going to say, yeah, yeah, let's go to church or uh, you know, the, the, the number two is around 40, I believe, 43 million people in the world. This is the estimate that they made based on their study. 43 million people are like right on the edge of saying, yeah, let, let's go. And then, and then there's that, that top group that their estimate said was 17 million people are ready. They're ready. 
They're waiting. They're wondering why nobody's talking to them. They, they know there's something missing. They know they need to go to church, but no one's inviting them, right? And there's those that are just ready to go. And they're all around you. They're from all different walks of life. They're in your neighborhoods. They're at your jobs. They're at your schools. They're, they're, they're at the store. They're everywhere. And they're ready. They're ready to make their, their Zacchaeus that are everywhere. So, so Zacchaeus is, is out here, right? And, and they hear that Jesus is coming. So, so again, he knows he needs something. He knows there's something about this thing. There's something about this Jesus. And he, he knows that, that he needs to see him. And so he realizes he can't see them again because of his stature. He's small. He's a short guy. So he needs to get himself into a position to see Jesus. So he climbs up the tree, right? He climbs up the tree. Here's the thing for us. We are the ones that are going to help put those people in that position. We're, we're the tree in the story. We're the ones that are going to help elevate the people to see Jesus. And not just see him, but encounter him as well. We are the ones. It's our voice. It's our story. It's our kindness. It's, it, it, it's all those things that develop from a lifestyle of serving God and growing in faith in him. Um, and, and we're the ones that help put the people in that position to see them. Because of, of the people that are polled, like many people are saying, no one has talked to me about God, about what it means to, to know Jesus. No one's invited me. There, there's so many out there that are like this. And, and in fact, there's about 21% of churchgoers that never, never invite someone to church. That's a sad, sad thing for us when we have this amazing, life-giving, life-changing, hope-giving message to share uh, with people. But we have to be the ones to help put these people in a place to see them. And, and so, so Zacchaeus puts himself in that position. He sees Jesus and Jesus is like, guess what, baby, let's go. I'm coming to your house today. We're about to, about to eat some food. We're about to get some Popeye's chicken. We're going to go hang out and, and eat some lunch and, and we're going to hang out. And, and it's because of that kindness. It's because he reached out to him. It's because the encounter... Uh, it changed Zacchaeus' perspective. It changed his heart. It changed everything. Because immediately Zacchaeus is like, I think he had a moment like, I'm, I'm like, I'm messed up. Like, people don't like, people hate me. I've cheated people. I've stole from people. I've, he, was a, he was a tax collector. People hated this guy. I mean, none of us like to pay taxes, do we? But, but, but this guy, like, he would, he would swindle and, and, and hustle. He was a hustler. Y'all know about hustlers? Some of y'all are old school. Y'all know about hustlers, right? Some OGs in here, man. Y'all know, know about hustling. This man hustled. This man hustled people out of their hard-earned money. People hated this guy. And here is Jesus saying, I'm hanging out with you, baby. Let's go hang out. Let's talk. Let's work through some things. And, and it's, those, it's the same way that we have to be with people. That there's people that are hurting. There's people that are lost. There's people that are dealing with all kinds of issues. And they're just waiting for someone. Invite them in their house. They're waiting for someone just to sit and listen to their story. They're, they're just waiting for someone to show them the way. We have to help people with that. We, it's, it's our job to do that. So, so what happens? Immediately his life has changed. Immediately he says, Man, I'm going to repay what I've taken from people. I'm going to change my ways. I'm, I'm going to do this. And Jesus is like, there it is, right there. That's it. That's it. Today salvation has come to your house. Today your life is, is changed. And see, if we can do that for people, if we can reach out to them, put them in a position to see Jesus, they can have the same experience where Jesus comes to them. It comes into their life. He, he brings salvation to them. 
Y'all with me today? You ready? Come on, let, let, it's time to be the church. It's time to reach out to people. We, we've got to do a better job of that. Because see, the church is great at complaining about whatever else is going on around the world while we sit on our blessed assurance and not do anything about it. The world's lost. The world needs God. Okay, well, you got to tell them. They took prayer out of the school. Teach your kids how to pray. And then prayer never leaves the school. It'll always be there. Uh, there's not, uh, the politics is crazy. We need some more Christians in, in government. Well, raise up people. Let's raise up people to, to be able to, 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 to experience that. What, what if someone spoke to a politician somewhere earlier in their life about Jesus and God and going to church and then they would become a Christian politician? It's our job. We, we can sit and complain about the status and the state of the world, but, but where are we at? What are we, what are we doing? We have to reach out to the world around us. There's so many Zacchaeuses out there waiting to see Jesus. They want to hear how to see him. They want to hear how to experience him. Uh, there isn't enough of us reaching them. So why is that? And today this is the, the meat of the message. We're going to look at reasons, 10 reasons why the church is not reaching out to the unchurched. You ready? Here we go. Number one, the first one is spiritual lethargy. Spiritual lethargy. It's just a matter of, again, we've gotten so comfortable with our walk for Christ, it's not new, it's not fresh, it's not, you know, it's not that moment when we received Christ and everything was like, yes, let's go, let's, let's, let's storm the gates of hell with a squirt gun, right? It's, it's, not, it's none of those things anymore. It just gets, gets kind of average and comfortable. Uh, most people, when they first start, they're just so excited and they want to tell everybody about this newfound uh, life that they have. Here's the thing, if we aren't renewing that excitement, which is growth which is the daily disciplines. It's reading your Bible. It's having quiet time. It's in it, 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 it the midst of we, all the other voices and all the other things going around our lives. We've got to be sitting down and trying to listen to the voice of God. So in the midst of all those things, all the things in the midst of busyness, in the midst of your schedule, all the things that are going on, are you still growing in your faith? Because if you're not, then it's going to be easy to sink down and get comfortable. It's going to easy, be easy to get lazy. It's going to be easy to get that tunnel vision that I was talking about. Many Christians aren't growing. And when we're not growing, that diminishes our desire to share Christ. Because it's not fresh. It's not new anymore. It's just kind of that, you know. It's just kind of whatever. It's, it becomes just something else that we do. And for many people, that's what church has become. And that, that's why it's easy to, you know, go do something else on a Sunday. Like we really live in Florida and the beach is an hour or so away. It's easy just to say, you know, what, let's, let's go to the beach today. I don't, I don't feel like going to church. I had a busy day on Saturday. I just want to sleep in today. And we have an hour and a half service. Like, anyway. We have to renew that excitement. We have to, we have to continue to grow. And many aren't growing. How, how can we expect to grow spiritually? And listen, how can we expect to grow spiritually when there's an aspect of that missing in reaching out to people? Because if we were reaching out to people, we would be obeying God. And what his word tells us to do, to go and make disciples, to go and be his witnesses, right? Obedience is a part of it. So how can we expect to grow if we're missing a leg of what God wants us to do? We have to be growing. You have to continue. Listen, obedience will fuel your persistence. If you're continually uh, you know, obeying God and following his word and growing, that's going to fuel your persistence. That's going to fuel uh, your, your ability to reach out to other people. Why, why would people... <laughs> Why would people buy what you're selling if you're not even buying what you're selling? Amen. If you ain't even dipping in on your own stash, right? 
Why would people do it? People are going to know you by your fruit, right? They're going to they're see it. There, there, there's some people, there's some Christians walk around, nobody even knows they go to church. Nobody even knows they're Christian. They never talk about it. They never, they never, uh, they never display any, anything that would have anything to do with Christianity. No one even knows. This is not, this was, what did they say? Don't hide it under a bush. Oh no, we will let our light shine, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. Can't hold it in. This is not, this, we're not hoarders for Christ. We're hoarding in all of God's goodness and his love. And his, it's not meant just for us. It's meant for everybody. Like, hey, we're going to get in for a rude awakening when we get to heaven one day. And there's all these tribes, tongues, and nations, every language. Every, all these people are going to be up there. And it's like, oh, hold up. I didn't even know you was going to come. Right? <laughs> we're going to be in for a rude awakening when we get to heaven one day. We've got to reach people. We've got to reach. Because here's the deal. The devil wins when we're silent. He wins when we're silent. And we make the game easy for him. And we just sit back and be quiet. And take care of ourselves. Number two, reasons why the church is not reaching the unchurched. Number two is growing inclusivism. Growing inclusivism. Uh, This is a growing belief in Christianity that affirms that Jesus is the only way to salvation, but he can be found in other good religions or other good ways. Okay? Which is contrary to what scripture tells us, that he is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But see, this messes with people's... Opinions and their own thoughts because, well, that's kind of, that's not fair to some people. You know, well, sometimes the gospel isn't fair. It's, it's the absolute truth. It's the truth. And, and you can't compromise and, and, and waver from that. And, and there's a lot of people, unfortunately, that are doing that. What this does is it leads to a view of salvation through an anonymous Christ. In other words, Jesus has somehow saved you or affected your life without you even knowing it. This is what this leads to, and that, that's, that's a false doctrine. That's not how any of this works, okay? It, it's only, it only comes, you can make it real simple, and especially if you're witnessing other people. It's ABCs of salvation. You accept, you believe, and you confess. You confess the, your sins, and you confess that He is Lord. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and He rose again, and you accept Him into your life. That's the way. That's it. And I know that that, I know that excludes some people, but... That's what the truth does. So sometimes this happens on, on deathbed experiences because obviously we don't, we don't know the condition of people's soul. We, we know how they live their life. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes preachers have to lie at the, at the funeral sometimes because you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of a sacred thing. That's your last hurrah, right? So it's kind of a big deal. But for some people, we just don't know. We don't, we don't know if they made it right with the Lord. And, and so we have, to, we have to be careful with that. And I know that's a sensitive thing because you want to you be gracious with people that have lost a loved one. And, and there's some people that we just we really don't know if they made it right with the Lord. And number three, there, there's another uh, theological issue that there's a growing disbelief in hell. There's some that are, are going out there and, and they're, they're throwing out this idea that there isn't a hell. Uh, there's a growing belief that those that die and don't know Christ will just cease to not exist. They'll just cease to not exist and, and that th- there's, no, there's no hell. Because that doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good that, oh, there's some people that are going to hell. right? And, and so that messes with people. Why would a just, gracious, loving God send someone to hell? Well, here's the deal. God didn't send them to hell. It's just the life that they lived. And, 
And, and here's, here's the thing that we need to understand is that we have to help uh, reverse that effect in people's life because some people don't even know. Some people never were even given the chance to know Christ because no one told them. That's what's at stake when we are silent and don't share our faith with people. Uh, and number four is just is busyness. We hear this a lot. We hear this a lot. People, people don't go to church because they're busy. We get busy with a lot of good things, but they end up replacing God things. You know, we, 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 and again, there's nothing wrong with filling your schedule with different things. But, but if it begins to, to replace God, if it begins to replace your time spent with God, if it begins to replace uh, things of God, then, then it's an issue. It's a problem. It becomes an idol. Can't let that be an excuse. Putting God first in our life, growing on our relationship with him and reaching others. That has to be involved in everyday part of our life. So however you need to fit that into your schedule, do it. Because that's what we're expected to do. That's what God wants us to do. And that's what we should be doing. So busyness is another reason why we're not reaching the church. We just get too, too busy. Number five, fear of rejection. This is probably a big one for, for many of us. Because there are those people that are hostile. There, there are those people that will argue all day long with you and you'll never get anywhere. You just kind of smile at them and pray for them and... You can have that thought, just don't act on it, okay? And there's going to be those some people, but it's really a small percentage of people that are out there. In fact, the, the study that I shared last week with you, it's, there's only 5% of all of the unchurched people that we talked about, there's only 5% of them that are going to be hostile like that. And, but you, you're probably going to encounter them at some point in your life if you haven't already. And you just have to love them through it. Jesus said love, love your enemies, pray for them, right? You still have to love them. We still need to reach them. We still need to reach out to them. We can't just say, oh, well, they're just never going to get it. And we give up on them, right? We can't, we can't give up on them, but we still need to reach them. But, but we can't let fear of rejection keep us from ever stepping out and reaching out to people. Whether they're going to be hostile or whether it's just we don't like to hear the word no. Like, well, why, why wouldn't you accept Jesus? Like, he changed my life. And, and then they say no. It's like, oh. you know, we get all like bummed out and stuff like that. So, so we, can't, we can't be afraid of that if they say no. You just keep praying for them and you look for other ways to, to reach out for them. But we can't let that be uh, an, an issue. Can't let that be an issue. Maybe it's just a first experience. The first time you ask someone, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Maybe it's no, but maybe the next time it won't be. So you got to keep, you got to keep working on it, keep reaching out to them. Sometimes finding different ways to reach them. We can't take it personally. Can't take it personally if they don't believe what we believe. We can't take it personally. They're, they're, they're not mad at you. They're not, they don't have anything against you. It's just what you believe. And, and then we take it personally because that's a huge part of our life, right? So you just can't take it personally. We've got to pray. And again, we're not battling against flesh and blood. The Bible tells us that we're battling against powers and principalities. It's, 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 it's a battle between good and evil. It's a battle between God and, and the devil, right? We have to understand that. We can't take it personally and we've got to continue to reach out to people. Another reason why the church is not reaching the unchurched is a desire to be tolerant. In, in the times that we're living in, everybody wants tolerance. And those particular groups aren't very tolerant in themselves, are they? But they, but they expect us to be tolerant. And the thing with what we believe is, you know, we, we, we are held to a moral standard that comes from God, right? And that tends to mess up with people's lifestyles. 
that messes with people's uh, things, that messes up with their choices that they make because they don't, they don't line up with, with what we believe. So then we're called homophobic and, and, and then we're called you know, all these bigots and all these kind of crazy names. It's not that we don't love people. We love them. But, but, but there's a certain way that God wants us to live. We just know the truth and they, they don't. But the message of the gospel, the message of the gospel is intolerant. It is. There's no compromise here. We can't compromise. If we compromise it, we mess it all up. And we can't compromise. And as far as I'm here, as far as I'm concerned, we're, we're not going to do that. We're, I'm not, I, can't, it, I would be doing you an injustice. I would be doing other people injustice. And I would be out of line with what God wants me to do if I watered down things for you. I can't do that. We're not going to do that. Because there is no compromise when it comes to the gospel. It, it, it is. It is a standard. It's not a standard if you're constantly wavering and changing. You, you know what I mean? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work. So we can't have this desire to be tolerant. Yeah, we're going to offend some people sometime. And, and, and we just, again, we have to do things with grace and, and love. But, but it's, the gospel is offensive. For many of us, it was like, you're telling me I'm a sinner? Like, that's kind of harsh, right? To say, you're a sinner. We all are. It is harsh. But it's the truth. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. But we can't forget that, that we were once in that position, right? When we're reaching out to people, we can't forget that. Only thing that's different is we've come to know Christ and we've experienced them. And we have to help people come to that. But things that we can't waver on is that there is one true God. Always do not lead to God. That does not work. That's illogical. It, it, it can't work. If you read and study out other religions, it, it is not all roads lead to God. It is not all religions believe in the same it's all completely different there's one true god he is a jealous god and he said there shall be no other gods before him there's only one way to heaven one way to salvation and again we can't waver from that we're doing people an injustice we we lead them astray if we do that we cannot cave to the demands of culture no matter what names they call us no matter what they do the bible told us that was going to happen Oh, there shouldn't be a surprise. But yet we still are surprised when it does. Can't cave to the demands of culture because Jesus never did that. He always shared the truth with grace and love. Uh, uh, number seven is just a matter of just losing the habit of witnessing. We, again, we, we lose that luster. We, 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 we get comfortable. We, we just get out of the habit of reaching out to people. We get busy. We get all these other things. And we just, we just lose that habit. Witnessing is a habit to learn and retain. Listen, if a football team, I'm teasing y'all because there's no football on right now. But a football team, when they start the first half and they come out strong and they're just on top of the game, they cannot get relaxed and comfortable in the second half because then they're going to lose the game. And we've seen it happen throughout sports history. They have to play the entire game. All four corners. It's March Madness right now and there's basketball playing on. Anybody follow March Madness? A few of you, okay? There's teams that are going to come out there, they think they're the number one seed, and this just happened, a number one seed, they think they're going to blow over this team, and they come out and they just play comfortable, and they get blown up. We, we cannot play in that way as Christians, as church. There is so much at stake. There is eternity at stake in people's lives. There's, there's a matter of heaven and hell. There, 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 there's, there's marriages at stake. There, there are people's lives hanging in the balance. And I know that puts a lot of pressure on us, but, but that's what we sign up for when we accept the Christ in our lives. 
God wants to use you to reach out to those people. So we can't get out of the habit of reaching out to people. Number eight, another reason why the church is not reaching the unchurch is just a lack of accountability. There, there's, there's, maybe it's a matter of just not having a mentor or not having someone that's there in your ear or whatever it might be. And some people don't want, some of y'all probably don't want a pastor in your ear saying, hey, you're not reaching out to people today. <laughs> but, but we need accountability. All of us, all of us do. You need someone that's, that's going to say, hey, you're reading your word today. Hey, you've been spending time with God. But that takes, that takes building a relationship with someone. You can't just do that for anybody. You have to to earn the right to speak into someone's life and to to reach out to them and and to hold them accountable. But but we have to, uh, you know, hold each other accountable when it comes to this because we have to reach out to people. Now, this doesn't give you an an excuse to judge people or to tell them what to do and boss over them and stuff like that. This doesn't give you an excuse to do that. Uh, We have to to do things, again, with grace and love. The ministries here in our church are going to have, there's going to be accountability in in our ministries here. Because, again, so much, so much is at stake. Uh, number nine, another reason why the church is not reaching the unchurched. Some churches don't do anything to reach unsaved people. It's not a part of their culture. It's not a part of their DNA. It's not, uh, you know, if you're here today and you have no concern with growing in your relationship with God, you, you don't want to grow. You just want to come and, and sit and, and, and you don't want to do anything to serve and you don't want to reach out to other people. This probably isn't the church for you. And that's okay. And that's okay. But what's not okay is you to sit there and just, and just let it all go by you. There's so much. You want to live out this amazing. This is an adventure that we're on. This journey that we're on. It's, it's, it's going to be a great, amazing thing if you jump in and get involved with it. Because that's what we're supposed to do. It needs to be a part of the norm. It needs to be our culture. It needs to be. Our, there should be guests in here every single week. Because we are reaching out to the world around this. Number 10, the last one, it's just, it's just a failure to invite. It's a failure to reach out. It, very few Christians invite the unchurched to church. What we do a lot of is, oh, hey, you don't want to go to your home church? Why don't you come to my home church this weekend? Right? We, we do a lot of that. But we need to be reaching out to those that don't know. We need to be reaching out to that 17 million, that percentage of people that, that are just waiting for someone to share the goodness of God with them. They're just waiting for someone to invite them to church. i share a quick story with you. I was reading uh, throughout the, this book, and, and this, this woman that had been going to, to this particular job for a few years, she was going through a lot of stuff in her life, and, and uh, was just, just having some issues, and she was just searching. And uh, she noticed, her, her name, uh, I believe, was, um, let me see where Angela, right? Her name is Angela. And, and she notices that her coworker, Vicky, uh, she hears her talking about, about faith sometimes. She, she sees her pray over her food. Uh, sometimes she brings her Bible to work. She has talked about church events to other people. So, so Angela begins to wonder, oh, hey, why has Vicky not told me about church or her faith or, or anything like that? It's clear that she does something. She has some sort of spirituality, some sort of faith, something. that she believes. So, so why hasn't she talked to me about it? So, so in conversation, Vicky tries to drop these little hints to her. Okay? Or excuse me, Angela tries to drop little hints to Vicky uh, to, to try to... She doesn't come out and say, hey, can I go to your church? Because that's really awkward, right? But she drops these little hints in conversation. And another co-worker comes alongside of Vicky and is like, hey, Vicky, I think, I think Angela wants to go to your church. Why don't you just ask her to go to your... Like, 
It seems so silly and so simple, but we do that knowing. Well, we don't think anything of it because it's just not a norm. It's not, it's not our part. We have got to make inviting people to church, reaching out to others, a part of our everyday life. If you're, if you're a Christian, if you believe in this thing, if you believe in Jesus, if you know Jesus has saved you and rescued your life, then yeah, this should be a part of your everyday life, reaching out to others, inviting them to, to church. And I get it. I get there's this fear of rejection. There's a fear of, well, on my job, they really don't want us doing that. Well, on your lunch break, you can do whatever you want. Um, so you know, there's a bunch of excuses, right? Excuses are like a butt. Everybody has one and they usually stink, okay? Um, and, and, and so here's the deal. We just got to get rid of the excuses and just start doing stuff. Because we can sit and we can talk about it all day. We can set up a small group to talk about what we're going to do. We can have a committee to talk about a committee to do the thing. That we, let's just get up and let's just do stuff. Tomorrow at your job, man, just, just look for those opportunities. Just to, you know, we, we have a thing here that we say, uh, see a need, meet a need. That's a perfect spot to come in and, and share the love of Christ with someone. There's so many things that we could be doing, but we, we have all these misconceptions and fears and, and all this stuff, and we just make excuses. Let's not have any excuses, because here's the deal. You've got nothing to lose when reaching out to people and inviting them. You have nothing to lose. They might tell you, no, okay, great. You're going about your day, and you keep praying for them. You have nothing to lose, but you've got a whole lot to gain when inviting people, because again, eternity is at stake in people's lives. When was the last time you invited an unchurched person, or anyone for that matter, to church? And here's the deal. We don't have to wait for a perfect time, a perfect place. You can ask them wherever that you are, wherever that you go. Give them a call on Saturday night. Say, hey, you, you, want, you want to meet up? Go to church? Take them. Meet up with them. People have fears and concerns about coming into a new place, especially church. There's people that, there's studies that show that if guests come in and there's unmarked rooms, that they have an extreme fear about walking into an unmarked room. So you know what? So, so bring them to church. Or meet them out front. So, okay, we're going to be in the church. Church starts at 10, so we want to be in there on time. Okay? So let them meet at 9.45 out in the parking lot of church, and I'll walk you in. That way you don't have to go by yourself. I'll walk you in, and I'll introduce you to some people. Okay, so you, you, you bring them, you meet them up. How about this? How about say, hey, if you got some time during the week, come up to the church. I'll show you around. I'll give you a tour. That way, that just takes all the, the, the nervousness and all the things out of it. Bring them up to the church. We're here. Bring them up. We'll give them, we'll give them a tour of the church. Let them look at things around. Ask them, say, hey, let's, let's go to church and then let's go out to lunch. There's so many different ways other than just say, hey, you want to go to church? Oh, no? Okay, all right, no problem. And then just walking away from them. There, there's so many other things that we can do. To do this, but the thing is, we make up a lot of excuses instead. A lot of excuses. What are we waiting for? I'll close with this story. There's a, a particular evangelist named David Wilkerson. Some of you may have heard of him. And he was, um, he was up in the 50s in, in New York uh, reaching out to inner city gangs. And there's one particular gang in that area that he was really concerned about reaching. They're called the Mau Mau's. And the leader of this gang, his name was Nicky Cruz. He'd been in prison, had a, rough, had a rough life, was really feared in the community. He grew up uh, when he was a kid in Puerto Rico, and uh, his parents practiced Santeria, and, and they were into witchcraft and all kinds of stuff. They abused him, and, and he ended up getting sent up to New York with his brother at the age of 15. But, but he didn't stay with his brother. He went off on his own. 
So you can understand this, this young man has a lot of stuff built up in his life, a lot of anger, a lot of hurt, a lot of things. And, and, and a lot of time what happens is, especially with gang in that culture, is they, they feel like they find connection and, and, and family in that gang. So, so it's just a cycle, a spiral of, of issues that happens. And so, so Nikki Cruz is head of this gang. And here is this preacher man, David Wilkinson, trying to reach out to this particular gang. And you can imagine there's, you know, there's tension and there's all kinds of issues. And, and, and throughout the course of, of their exchanges, um, they, they beat this guy up. They beat this preacher up, this evangelist who would go out on the street corners and preach. He would, he would try to, 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 to minister to these gangs in different ways. And, and they, they beat him up. They beat him up. They, uh, they messed with him all the time. They, they, just, they, they, they came at him. And in fact, threatened his life on multiple occasions. So, so for many of us, we're like, all right, well, it's just, it is what it is. And we'll just keep on moving, right? But he has such a heart for them because he knew there was something better for their life. He, he, he knew that if, if God could get a hold of their life, that God had a plan for their life. So he kept on. He kept praying. He kept trying. Even in the midst of, of being beaten up, even in the midst of, of death threats. He was quoted of telling Nikki Cruz, he said, you can cut me up in a thousand pieces and lay me out in the street and every piece would still love you. The compassion and love that this preacher had for what many of us would call thugs, hoodlums, delinquents, whatever. He had such a passion. He saw so much more in them. Later on, um, Wilkerson organized an evangelistic meeting in the neighborhood with the intent of converting these gang members. And so he actually sent a bus to go and, and pick them up. And, and, they, and they come. They come to the event. And they take up an offering. And, and, uh, and he actually gets them involved in the service and has them help bring, bring up the offering. And they, they, feel, they end up feeling so guilty of all the things that they had done. You can just, as you read the story, you can just see walls falling down in their life. And they begin to feel so guilty about everything that they had done, everything that had been going on. So, so after the collection... And after they, this gang helps them work through the crowd, which you can imagine is pretty intimidating having gang members take up the offering. Um, but then they go backstage after they collect the offering. And Wilkerson gives an altar call to them. And many of them give their life to Christ in that moment, including Nikki Cruz. They Later on, the whole gang went, took all their bricks, their knives, their guns, all their weapons, they turned them all into the cops. Cops were stunned. They couldn't believe it. Because this was a problem for them in this community. They brought all this stuff. And Nikki Cruz would go on to be an evangelist. In his life to Christ, he would go on to be an evangelist. To reach out to people that went through things that he went through. He, he would later on convert the next leader of that particular king. He would later on witness to him and reach out to him and, and convert him. But this is someone who we would clearly, maybe not even, we, there's neighborhoods in, in this city that we, many of us wouldn't, we wouldn't go into. But those are people that still need Jesus. No one is exempt from it. No one is exempt from the love of God. How could we ever hold that back from someone? Let's be a people that... That reaches out to others. Again, we read last week that only 21% of churchgoers invite unchurched people to church. Lives are at stake. Marriages are at stake. 
There's people that, that die every single day and they have no clue about where they're going to go for their... They don't even believe there's an afterlife. They, they don't know anything about any of this. So no one has told them. Invite them and they will come. Invite them. Just try it. They might say no, but you know what? They might say yes and you never know unless you do it. Invite them and they will come. But if we don't do anything... We can't expect the world to get any better. And quite frankly, we can't say anything about it because we're not doing anything. About it. That's like saying, all right, if you don't vote, you can't complain about who gets voted in the office if you don't. You know what I'm saying? We can't complain about the world around us. We can't complain about the, uh, all this stuff that's going on. We can't complain about it if we're not doing anything to be part of the solution. And we know that God is the solution. And quoting it on Facebook and saying, God is the solution, that's... That's great. Why don't you talk to somebody about who this Jesus is that you know and that you love and that you serve. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with us this morning as we get ready to close. I can't think of anything that matters more than sharing the hope-giving, life-changing message of the gospel. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said, Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. I can't think of anything else that matters more than seeing people come to know Christ. It's a life-changing message that changed this gang member's life, Nikki Cruz's. It's the life-changing message that, that changed a lying, stealing, cheating Zacchaeus. It's a life-changing message that many of you have come to know in your life. If you invite them to come. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.